Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor David Hall, Senior Pastor of LifePoint Church. For more information, visit our website on www.davidhall.com.au. Man, do you know what? I just feel like when there's more Australians in the room, I just feel more of the presence of God, Pastor David. This morning I said, were there any Aussies here? No one lifted their hand. Tonight we've got like 500 of them. Fantastic. It's just beautiful. It's how the Lord wanted it to be. If you have a Bible, let's turn to the book of Acts. And I'm not going to preach long tonight. I want to stir your faith. And we're going to see God do something powerful in this room, if you're happy tonight. We're going to believe God for breakthrough and change. Acts chapter 3. And it says this in verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, 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 the ninth hour. That's three o'clock in the afternoon. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. Somebody say Beautiful. To ask alms from those who enter the temple. How many know he asked for alms? How many know what he got? He got legs. And And it says this, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. He gave them his attention, expecting. Somebody say expecting. Expectation is the breeding ground for supernatural things to happen. And when you come into the house of God with a posture of faith and a posture of expectancy, it's a total game changer for what God's going to do. I've been in church before and I've sat next to somebody, I'll never forget this, and and while I was there, I didn't really lean in in that meeting. I didn't come full of faith, I just kind of rolled up for church. And the guy next to me, he's kind of, he's there coming in faith and expectancy. And the thing that I found so amazing is I remember thinking, man, I can't really sense too much of the presence of God here. You know, it's all right. And I turned to him and there he is with his hands lifted before God, crying in the presence of God. And I realized that the issue is not always what's happening up here. Often what you get out of your worship experience is much about what you come expecting. If you believe that God's going to do something, something supernatural can happen for the kingdom of God. Can you say amen in the house? So I want to have a look at this for a minute because because I've got more to read. It says, giving him his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter says, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, or such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood, walked into the temple, walking, leaping, and praising God. I love this story. This story is one of my favorite in the Bible because it involves a man by the name of Peter. Now, Peter was an incredible guy. He had some great moments in the New Testament, in the Gospels, and he had some bad moments. Good moments, walking on water, good moment. Great, walking on water, terrific. If you can do that, fantastic. Denying Jesus, not the best. Doing it three times, not the best. Doing it three times when a girl asks you if you know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. That's not one of his good moments. When he said, Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus is like, Peter, that's fantastic. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Good moment for Peter. Another time they came to arrest Jesus. So Peter chops off the ear of the guy arresting Jesus, or at least the assistant of the high priest. Anyway, chops off his ear. Not a great moment. 
Assault, you know, battery, whatever. But, you know, but here's the thing. I don't know what happened, Pastor Dave, but we know that Jesus healed the situation. Now, I'm not sure. One of two things could happen. I always believe that he just put the ear back on. But I kind of hope he didn't do that way because scripture's not clear. I hope that he gave him a whole new ear so he could use the old ear and go from city to city playing, using his ear on the piano and singing songs and entertaining people. And they say, how did you learn to play the piano so well? He'd say, I play by ear. But anyway, that's silly. That's silly. That's silly. I apologize for that. And a lot more things I'm about to say. I'm sorry for those two in advance. But Peter... Up, down. He got it wrong. He messed up. He went from being Peter the meek who messed up. And we see here in the same city. Now get this. He denies Jesus three times in the same city, possibly even in the same area. Peter's now walking in saying, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Rise up and walk. Can I tell you what I love about that story and and what's crazy about the story is if it stopped right there, that man would still be lame. He would still be unable to walk because just the big epic declaration of faith was actually not enough to get the miracle because the Bible says that he said all of those things and then he said, sorry, then immediately the Bible says he reached down and as he reached down to lift him up, the Bible says it was at that moment that his ankle bones receive strength. You see, faith is accompanied by action. Faith is a supernatural thing that happens on the inside with an external response. And and when you step into the realm of faith, you'll start praying, and not just praying a prayer that's kind of rhetorical and, and, and fancy, but it's a prayer that you don't just pray, but then you release your faith and believe that God can do what he said he can do. I don't know about you, but I wonder if there's some people in this room that actually believe that Jesus is who he said he is. I'm telling you, God's not dead. Jesus is alive. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive on the inside of you and me. I don't know about you. I want to be a person of faith who expects. See, tonight I haven't come hoping that God's going to touch you. I know when the worship team are leading and Planet Shakers Band are leading us in worship and, and bringing us into the presence of God, they're not hoping something happens. They've come with a sense. Pastor Dave and the team at Chapel Hill, the reason we, that these services exist is because we know that we know if people come in faith, there are miracles in the atmosphere. Oh man, I'm just starting to get excited, my right leg. But what happened? How did Peter... Go from being Peter who denied Jesus, chopped off people's ears. I mean, one day Jesus was talking about the fact that he had to go to Calvary and die on the cross. And Peter says, I've got an idea. Don't do it. And Jesus says to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Now, it's not a great day. I mean, I've never prayed and... Talked to the Lord and had him say, get thee behind me, and then call me Satan. You are not doing well in your walk with God when God's telling you you're the devil. It's not a good day. I don't want to be called the devil by anyone, especially Jesus. You know, I've been called a lot of things. Never been called the devil. And Jesus didn't even say, get behind me. He went King James on that guy, man. He said, get thee behind me. You know you're in trouble. When he starts adding these and nows, (laughs) you're gone. Says, so Peter went from being Peter the meek 
to being Peter, the mighty, and seeing miracles is saying to a man that can't walk. I find it amazing how this man is laid outside of Gate Beautiful. What a crazy thing to think that there can be a beautiful structure, but right by that beautiful structure, there's a lame and broken man. My prayer is, and I thank God for churches like this, although this is a beautiful building, do you know right outside of these doors, we've got a lame city called Atlanta, Georgia, or Douglasville, and I've got to tell you, we can have beautiful churches, but I, want, I don't know about you, being, having a beautiful church is not as important to me as having a church that's reaching those outside of the gate saying, hey, I want to see you healed. I want to see you delivered. I want to see you set free. I want to see you filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to see your life changed. I, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of churches in America that are beautiful. But I tell you, we've got a lame nation here. Australia, spiritually speaking, is lame. And we need some people that will go silver and gold. Have I none? But I do have something. I've got the name of Jesus. I've got the Word of God, and I've got the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, if you believe it, can you give God a bit of a praise? Man, I feel like I'm talking to some people who believe that we serve a supernatural God, man. I feel like I'm preaching to some people that believe Jesus is alive. Anyway, I still haven't got to my message here. I'm just getting excited. What happened to Peter? How did he go from being this guy to that guy? Can I show you? Let's jump over to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 24, I just turned to the exact right page. I love it when that happens. I always feel so spiritual. It's like you flick, oh yeah, that was God. You know, you do too. You're like, every time. Now, if you want to see God move, one of the pastors in our church is a guy called Pastor George. He's 70. He says, David, if you want to see a move of God in this church, do two things. Pray for the power and read the red. He says, pray for the power and read the red. And this is in red. So apparently that's even more important because Jesus said it. It's all important, by the way. But the red bits are still pretty awesome. He says this. This is Jesus speaking. This is the last thing he says before he's taken up to heaven. He says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Somebody say endued. You'd be like endued. 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 Means clothed. Clothed with power. He puts a coat of power on your life. Clothes you with power. That word power, and I'm sure a lot of you would know this, but the actual meaning of that word power, it basically means supernatural, miracle working power. In other words, it's power for you to do things that you would never be able to do had you not received that power from heaven. So Jesus says to all of his followers after he had been resurrected, he said, I want you to wait for the promise of the Father, which is, well, who is the Holy Spirit? He said, wait for the Holy Spirit because he's going to come upon you and he is going to clothe you with power. See, when you got saved, the Holy Spirit indwelled you and Jesus comes into your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. But when, when you are clothed with power, that is another experience. That is the Holy Spirit coming upon you. So when he comes within you, it is for you. It's for you to get to heaven. It's for you to be saved. It's for you to experience salvation. The Holy Spirit is in you for you. But when he comes upon you, it's for others. It's for the world around and about you. It's a clothing of power to empower you to do that which God has called you to do. And I don't know about you, but I want the power of the Holy Spirit working in my heart and working in my life because then I can truly say greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Come on, so if you believe it, give God a praise in here. For... 
I'm going somewhere here. We're going somewhere. Then we're going to land this plane. We're going to pray and boom. Hashtag fire of the Holy Ghost. Hashtag crack a barrel at eight. It tells us here that, that Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem. So he says it again. And I shared from this passage this morning. And you don't need to have a look at this just now. But in verse 8 of Acts chapter 1, he, he reaffirms it. And he said, he, well, in verse 5, he says, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Ten days it was in the end. And then he says in, in, in Acts 1.8, he says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Jesus is basically saying to these guys, the last thing he said was, don't go and start a church. Don't try and go on the mission field. Don't even go to Bible college. Don't even start a home group. Don't start a humanitarian effort. Just wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Because Jesus said in the book of John, he said, I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And you're going to do greater things than I did. Does that mean we're going to do physically the greater things than Jesus himself did? No, that's not exactly what he's saying. What he's saying is, basically Jesus is saying, if I was in Capernaum, I'm in Capernaum. If I'm in, in Galilee, I'm in Galilee. If I'm in Nazareth, I'm in Nazareth. But with the Holy Spirit coming upon each of us, basically speaking, he's saying the reason we're going to do greater is because the same power that raised him from the dead, the same power that was on him is now not on one, but it's on any person who asked. And so right now there's 2.2 million people. There's 700, sorry, 2.2 billion people that serve God. 700 million people who say they are filled with the Holy Spirit and they're, they're, they're Pentecostal, charismatic people who believe believe in the baptism in the spirit. There's 700 million of those people as opposed to one Jesus. Now there's 700 million people carrying the same power that he carried. And you know, the beautiful thing, I can prove it. Even Jesus in three years had a church of 12 people. In one day, his followers filled with the same spirit had a church of 3,000 in one day. Why? Because all the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the, the, the clothing of power is is simply a multiplication of the power of Jesus Christ upon the people of God. Do you believe that tonight? And so let me just go a bit deeper. So he says, wait in Jerusalem. And if we jump over to Acts chapter 2, this is my favorite scripture in the world. I can't read this and stay depressed. I can't read this and be miserable. It's just too exciting. It's far too exciting. It's more exciting than a frog in a sock. Acts chapter 2. If you're in Acts 1, it's not hard to find. It says this, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly. Somebody say suddenly. Let me just interrupt myself for just a minute. I love the suddenlies of God. I like how God just does things suddenly. I like the fact that the Bible tells us Paul and Silas were in prison. And the Bible says it was at midnight and they were praising God. And as they were praising God, the Bible says that suddenly there was an earthquake and the, the chains fell off them, but didn't just fall off them, but fell off every other prisoner in that place. I'm telling you right now, God, he does things suddenly. The Bible says in Malachi, the God whom you seek shall come suddenly to his temple. The Bible says Paul was on the road to Damascus to do bad things to good people. And the Bible says suddenly there was a light from heaven. You might be sick in your body in this place. Suddenly God can come. You might be broken hearted. Suddenly God can come. You might feel like giving up. Suddenly. I don't know about you, but I believe in the suddenlies of God where things can be at this level and boom, God begins to move. Oh man, I'm preaching myself happy today. Oh, I'll tell you right now, if you believe nothing's impossible, man. 
says when the day of Pentecost, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire. One sat upon each of them. Their heads were all on fire. And each of them, and the Bible says in verse 4, they're all filled. Somebody say all filled. It doesn't say some of them. It says they're all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongues. The Spirit gave them utterance. And it jumps over to verse 12. It says they're all these are the people that were watching what's happening. They were all amazed and perplexed, saying one to another, what does this mean? Others mocking said they're full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with 11, raised his voice, said to them, you men of Judea, all you who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known unto you and heed my words. For these men, they're not drunk as you suppose. They're drunk, but they're a different kind of drunk. They're not the kind of drunk that's going to catch up with you in the morning. This is a kind of drunk that just means they were totally intoxicated with God's presence. And he said, they're not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. The bar's not open until at least 10. I wouldn't know. What time is it open, Brandon? You'd know anyway, just hit. That's not true. He wouldn't know. He'd have to ask his brother. But do you know... He said they're full of new wine, but Peter standing up with 11. Peter. Peter who denied Jesus. Peter who chopped off a guy's ear. Peter who told Jesus not to go to Calvary. Peter standing up with 11, raised his voice, said to them, you met, I think we've already covered that. <laughs> anyway, he also went on to say this in verse 16. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It'll come to pass in the last days, says God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Let me talk about this and I'm nearly done. Peter went from being timid, went from messing up to shaking a city under the hand of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? He went from a person of fear and doubt at times to a person of incredible faith where he was able to say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Can I talk to you for a minute and just tell you this? What did Peter have? Peter had received power from heaven. He had received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Tonight, my prayer is whether you, you might have already received the power of the Holy Spirit at some point. I'm praying that there's just going to be a fresh anointing of God come upon people tonight and God's going to do something. But Peter walks into that situation and he says, silver and gold have I none. And if I could just add a bit into the Bible here, I don't think that's illegal, but probably is, but let's just see how we go. I wonder if Peter was thinking along these lines, I don't have money, I don't have stuff. But what I do have is the power of God. I, I got touched yesterday or this morning. We don't know exactly where it was, but I've been filled with power from heaven and I'm going to release this power. I don't know how it works, but he said that all, the, all authority is given in my name, so I'm going to use his name. He's gone to heaven, but I feel him. I, I feel Jesus and, and I'm going to give this a go. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Can I just pause there and tell you it's quite interesting he wasn't even looking for a miracle. That guy was just asking for something to get him by, to just get him by. He was content to live in his dysfunction. He was content to live with his problem for year after year after year and get enough money to live to just live in basically a non-existent life. But God, how many know he hasn't just come that you might have life, but you might have life everlasting. And sometimes we're looking for natural solutions to problems that require supernatural intervention. And I thank God Peter came loaded with the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank God that Peter came filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And he says, I don't have money, but what I do have, and what did he have? He had the power of the Holy Spirit. Woo, 
man, that'll get you happy. That's good news, man. This, this is good news. God's no respecter of persons. What he did for him, he'll do for you. Filled with the power of heaven. Touched with the presence of almighty God. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. We had a guy ring up our church 10 years ago. And I wasn't the pastor then. In fact, my dad and Pastor Sam Evans' mum were the pastors of the church at the time. And, and, uh, and so in those days, the church was called Miracle City Church. We changed the name, but it was called Miracle City Church then. A good Bible-thumping, penty name, you know. And so this guy rings up the church. The phone's ringing, and I'm in the, in the foyer of the church. So it's ringing. So I thought, I'll answer. Someone's ringing at 9 in the morning. Maybe they're looking for church. So it's one of those crazy phones. I don't even know how to answer. I just hope for the best. Hello? And so I hear on the other end of the phone, do you believe in miracles? I said, hey? <laughs> he said, do you believe in miracles? I said, I believe in miracles. He said, are you a church? I said, yeah, we're a church. He said, I've called up three other churches to ask them if they believe in miracles. They said they don't believe in miracles. And I said, well, do you need a miracle? He said, yeah, I have a paralyzed tongue. I said, really? Literally, he was calling from the second biggest hospital in our city, Flinders Medical Center. He had a paralyzed tongue. I don't even know how you get that, but he got a paralyzed tongue. How's it going? There you go. And so he comes along to church. I said, come to church, you're going to get healed. You say, oh, yeah, that's a faith-filled declaration. No, it's not. He didn't know what I looked like. <laughs> so you say, well, that's deceitful. I think it's resourceful. But to be... he says, he says, I want, to, I, want, I want to come. So he comes, he's got his little hospital band on it. And we're just worshiping the Lord. And, and as we're worshiping the Lord, I was doing the transition that morning from worship to the Word. So I get up and I said, if, I, I go to get up. And say, if you need a miracle, get out of your seat and come. So as I go to do that, my stepmother, who's a woman of faith, she's a woman of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. She's one of those women that you, you don't want to be in sin because God will tell her. You know, those people? <laughs> very, very difficult. I, I lived a holy life, not because of the fear of God, but the fear of my stepmother, who, who's a great woman of faith. And, and so, I, so I go to transition the meeting, she grabs the mic out of my hand before I can even get it, walks up to this guy with a paralyzed tongue. And she says, now we don't do this normally. If you're visiting tonight and think this is how they roll at Chapel Hill, they don't roll like that here and we don't roll like that there. It was just one of these days where a crazy charismatic got loose and there was nothing we could do to stop it. (laughs) So she walks up to this guy with a paralyzed tongue, never been in church before. And she says, young man, speak in tongues right now. I was like, Lord Jesus. <laughs> no, no she, did, she didn't say that. And I started to stress out because I don't know too much about all of this at the time, but what I do know to speak in tongues, there's only really two things you need. That's a relationship with Jesus and a functional tongue. <laughs> and I didn't think he had either of those things. I thought his best chance, Pastor Dave, was speaking in teeth. I thought that was as good... And so I'm thinking somebody should do something about this, but technically it was her responsibility to do something like that if something happened. So I was powerless. So I just thought, I'm just going to sit here and wait and see how this pans out. She walks over to him and she says, young man, speak in tongues. And she puts her hand on his head. She says, in the name of G. She never even had time to say, sis. 
boom, he hits the ground. I mean, it turned into an old-fashioned revival, camp meeting, crusade, whatever you want to call it. He's on the ground, and he's speaking in tongues. I was amazed. He goes back to the hospital, and he said, what happened? He said, this short woman assaulted me in this local church. (laughs) And he said, and then they said, what happened? And they said, I started speaking in tongues. They said, would you do it? They did it. Can I say, as a result, his whole family got born again. They're still in our church. They're serving God. (laughs) 10 years later, lifting up the name of Jesus, having an impact for the kingdom of God. Why? Silver and gold have I none, but such as we have. I'm going to tell you one more story, then I'm going to quit. Not in general, just tonight. This is my fifth sermon. I'm starting to get a bit tired. But let me tell you this. On December the 4th, 2013, one of our young ladies in our church, her name is India King. She was crossing the street in Adelaide on a street called Hutt Street. And it was unseasonably wet because December's generally dry. And she crosses the road. As she crosses the road, her little foot, uh, no, no, sorry. As she crosses the road, she steps out in traffic and uh, a car's coming. And so what happens is, her boyfriend grabs her by the school bag and her little foot gets caught on the ground. And so he couldn't quite get her off the road. So she just fell backwards and the car ran over her midriff, uh, front tire and back tire. And she rolled like 40 feet. There was a miracle in that mess. And that it happened, so happened she got run over outside of a, outside of a, um, a hospital, but not the hospital she needed to go to but a a private hospital, but there was an ambulance right there ready to transport an older patient for another procedure. And so literally she got run over right by an available ambulance. If you're going to get run over, I don't recommend it, but try and find a nearby ambulance before, anyway. Let's move along, Jesus help me. Thank you, God. So she gets run over and they take her to the hospital. She gets to the hospital, her grandmother rings our church and said, something's happened. So I get a phone call. It's about four in the afternoon. They think India's going to die. So they said, would you pray? I went to the hospital straight away. I left what I was doing. I went to the hospital. And I've never seen someone more a mess. It's the most traumatic thing I've seen happen to a human being in my life. And I prayed for people who were an hour away from going to heaven. I mean, this was bad. So we go, I go into the hospital and I pray. And, uh, and so anyway, to cut a long story short, they said, she's, she's getting worse. She's actually getting worse. And so I said to her, I, I said, look, what about at 7 p.m. we'll get a text message out to every Christian we know across the whole world. And let's just say at 7 p.m. Adelaide time, let's get everybody praying. Our whole church was praying. I mean, our church was like an army, man. They were ready to go. Because this girl's 14 years of age. She's too young to die. And so we went, we went to the hospital. There were some different people there. And I went in to pray. And I, the Bible says lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And maybe if a, a keyboard player can come, that would be really awesome. And uh, so I went in there to, to pray and I didn't know where to lay my hands because I didn't think I could lay my hands on her head because it was all bandaged up. She'd had head injuries. and So the only spots that seemed available was a knee and a foot. And I thought, well, God can work with a knee and with a foot. So I put my hand on a knee and I'm not trying to tell you this story like I'm the great healing evangelist who brings miracle power. I was just the vessel that was sent by my church to go and minister to this girl. And I put my hand on a knee and I put my hand on her foot and I was trying to pray a nice prayer, you know, because we're in the hospital. So I'm like, Father, in the name of Jesus, you're the healer, you're the way maker, you you can touch and change lives. But the problem was, as I started praying, I felt the anointing of God. And the problem with the anointing of God is when you're trying to hide the Holy Ghost, it's like trying to hide a kangaroo. I mean, the thing will just hop up and boom, there he is, you know. So I started praying. And Pastor Dave, I tell you, this is exactly as it happened. I just pointed to her and at the top of my lungs in intensive care, I said, India, 
you will live and not die in the name of Jesus Christ. I said, I refuse to bury you because you're going to walk out of this hospital fully restored by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Man, I I got excited and I don't want to freak anybody out, but I started praying in the Spirit. I started praying in tongues and the nurse and the doctor's looking at me like, what's going on? I looked at them and said to myself, you do your job, I'll do my job and we'll see who wins. But I come to tell you tonight, she walked out of that hospital one month later, healed by the power of God. Why? Because no weapon formed against us will prosper. And I've come to tell you, silver and gold, have we none, but such as we have, we give in the name of Jesus. Come on, give the Lord a praise in the house tonight. Magnify His name, glorify His name. Bless God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout out God is an awesome God. Come on, give the Lord one more shout of praise in here tonight. Let me say this. What Jesus did 2,000 years ago on those cobblestone streets of Jerusalem, He can do right here in Georgia right now because the Bible says He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Are you with me? Do Do you agree with what I'm saying? And so I want to tell you one more thing about that, and that is if he can do it then, he can do it now. If he can heal in Adelaide, he can heal in Atlanta. If he can heal in Australia, New Zealand, God doesn't have a passport. Some people think he can only heal in other countries. Well, I'm in another country. And if he can heal in mine, he can heal in yours. He can... And so these people here tonight, I just feel in my spirit that you're sick in your body and you need a miracle from God. Is it possible to just get the house lights up just a little bit for one moment? We'll, we'll shut them down as soon as we worship and sing. But I just want to pray for people tonight. If you're sick and you need a miracle from God, sick in the following areas, in your physical body, in your mind and in your emotions, in your finances, in your relationships, or someone in your family right now has a terminal illness. If you need a miracle from God, I'm going to pray. This might sound a bit bold, but I'm going to pray. We are going to curse cancer at its root right now. We're going to command it to wither up and die in the name of Jesus. We're going to believe God for healing power to touch this room right now. I feel an anointing, man. I feel the fire of God. Come on. Is anyone with me in the house? Is anyone? Jesus. You know, I just feel, I'm going to pray, but can we just sing one song? Can we sing Leave Me a Sound or just get an atmosphere of worship just for, this is an easy song. It's, a, it's an incredible song. I'm going to ask everyone in this place, we're going to create an atmosphere of faith. Can we lift our hands all over this place? Let's just touch God. Let, let you, some of you need a fresh anointing in this house. Come on. Let His grace, let His power, let the supernatural of God. Jesus, let's sing it. Leave me Jesus' name, fill the house.
know, right now I'm believing that people are going to be astounded at what God's going to do. I'm going to pray one prayer and I'm going to hand back to Pastor Daniel and whatever happens from there is in their hands. But if you need a miracle or you know someone in your world that needs a miracle, can you lift up your hands to the God of heaven and earth? He's in the house. He's moving all over this room. The presence of the Lord is here. And we're going to pray. And if you're watching online,